and we're live. Live episode two. Or five. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Depending on how you start counting. <laughs> yeah. Those don't count. Those are like a prologue. They Those were a prologue. They were test run. <laughs> so if anyone ever finds them, it's just the lost podcast. Yeah, this is the this is the reboot. <laughs> this is the like recasting of like, you know how there was like that Hulk movie in like 2003 and then they like recast him and they, and then they had like an individual movie in like 2010. And then they're like, you know, we'll like recast again or Spider-Man. You know, it's always <laughs> been Ruffalo. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's a, there's all these funny memes of like when he got, got cast and uh, they're just like, people are like, cheering like, yeah, welcome Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. And everyone's like, yeah, what? Like who? <laughs> It's like I'm just as surprised as you guys. <laughs> like that's how the day he found out was on the the like Comic Con panel. Seriously, <laughs> no, he no, didn't know like, why he was it, there. Oh, no, he was, but he was, he was, he was, he was like getting interviewed, and like he, 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 like was kind of recalling that experience of like being up there and people being like, "What? Who?" <laughs> just because um, they, they they didn't know who he was, but he, but he killed it, right? So like, I guess it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I don't know if he killed it, but he was, he's been really fun. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the goal in this podcast, at least in my mind, is uh, we we started this group called the Tomorrow People, and we thought it'd be interesting to hopefully have all the like founding members join the podcast and like talk a little bit about themselves and the Tomorrow People. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we had this we had this call yesterday just to kind of go over the format of it. And I think that makes the most sense for kind of what this is at this moment. Um, I mean, I think, you know, my, in my mind, you know, the Tomorrow People is, is this group of just really amazing individuals with great stories. And I think, uh, you know, even, even for our own, you know, kind of our own selves as, you know, like a future kind of facing thing, everyone has family pictures, everyone has family videos. Um, I think it'd just be cool to do like a profile piece on every single person. Uh, but it also serves that dual purpose of us getting practice interviewing and, and uh, kind of formatting things, seeing what works, getting, getting comfortable with the setup, kind of, kind of getting in the routine of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think too, just, just developing some of the ideas and kind of having one-on-one time. Right. So, I mean, uh, just to kind of go into it, right. I mean, we've been starting this meetup. That's all really the tomorrow people are at the moment. Uh, it's weekly meetup. We've done five so far. Um, you know, it's scheduled for an hour, but we usually go over, uh, one time we even went like six hours, just kind of going into things. And I think it came out of the dissatisfaction of just kind of social media and just the sort of shallow interactions there, but, uh, wanting to use technology to connect with people who are in different continents, right. And, and good friends and kind of connecting people who, you know, have interesting kind of overlap and are working on, on interesting things and might want to, you know, sort of like, you know, I guess I, I was kind of like the, the pivot point around, around this whole thing, but my goal is to have everyone connect kind of with each other too. And, and, you know, um, you know, build, build meaningful relationships and potentially work on cool things together, uh, and just see where it goes. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't have, I'm not the only person with this hand on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my first question for you, um, which won't make that much sense cause you kind of founded it, but why did you join the tomorrow people? <laughs> Why did I make it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, 
I mean, there's there's a couple ways to answer that. I think the kind of inspiration was um, uh, just kind of going to some events for this club in San Francisco called the Young Scandinavians Club and wanting to create some kind of social club. I've been part of, you know, sports teams and fraternities and things like in college. Uh, so I think part of this was just kind of this desire to like build community, which doesn't really like after, after you kind of graduate school, I noticed like there's, there's this drop off in, in community, right? So unless you have like a group of friends or, um, you know, some kind of like you're part of a rec league or something, uh, it's hard to keep in touch with people, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one-off calls or whatever. It's easy to kind of drift away. And I think this was, this was a cool way of like creating a center of gravity that everyone could kind of, kind of orbit around. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's branded as like an organization, but it's, it's a way of sort of encapsulating like, you know, the why, like, why are we all getting together today? Why are we all, you know, doing this meetup? Why am I, why am I in all these more, like, I'm, you know, I'm more group chats now because of it. And, um, it's a good way to kind of reconnect with people and old friends that I otherwise, I don't know, I guess like don't have as much of a maybe reason to connect with it. It feels more like one-offs versus now we're, we're part of this bigger thing. We're part of this community that we're building and, and developing and, and uh, designing. Nice. Yeah. I guess that's the, but you know, I could go on and on, right? Cause it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's part of what it is. For sure. Yeah. I guess, um, how do you want to, yeah. Do you want to do the next question or how about you? Like what's, what attracted you to the tomorrow people? Why did you say yes? Mm. Call to adventure. I look at it as almost like, uh, religion 2.0. Um, growing up, I grew up in Minnesota and it's an area that was really, uh, I don't, it's not all Catholics, but it's like, um, Christianity. Um, and so, you know, lots of churches, Sunday gatherings, potlucks, things like that. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, most of my friends have stopped going to church. I never really went, um, but it feels like that institution is fading away. It's not providing the same value that it used to. Um, and I think there's something. Uh, I think that should that should come back. I think weekly meetings of like-minded people who want to do good for themselves in the community is just a positive thing. Um, and I see this as an opportunity to do that. So sure. with, without kind of like things that maybe made previous organizations fade. So doing it better. Yeah. Yeah. When you, you know, cause we've talked about this as like a, like a religion or sort of like a spiritual sort of organization of some kind. It's, um, you know, it's funny, right? Because it, it, there is that, that whole community aspect to it. And I, I think just like the world's changed so much. Our understanding of the world's changed so much that a lot of the ideas that religion or, you know, like most sort of like the, of the major religions preach, they, 
I think I think a lot of them still hold true, and I think there's there's a lot of like I don't want to call them necessarily absolute truths, but um, you know things like helping your neighbor and nonviolence and that type of thing. Yeah, um, I I mean I think those are all given now. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you don't need to really tell people that in a modern society. And it, I heard sure. a good quote. It's like a five thousand year old shepherd's guide to the galaxy. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, mm, yeah. So yeah. 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 That's a good, and that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, and I think, I think like th- there's always this like tension between, between like you have this old thing, like it, it could be like a set of laws or it could be like a Bible or holy text or something, um, or, you know, whatever. And is the question is like, do we, you know, how much, how much should we change about it? Right. Like, like the part of the value is the constancy and the consistency over time. And so it's kind of, it's, it's a point of stability that it doesn't change, but I think too, that can be a limiting thing. So, I mean, you know, in some ways trying to mold religion to the modern world and try to trying to like see the modern world through that lens is almost maybe more, more work than it's worth rather than saying, okay, well, what if we, what if we had a blank slate? What if we had a blank canvas and we wanted to make something like a religion where you have that aspect of community and sort of meaning and, and uh, a way of sort of developing moral um, integrity and, and sort of community, like, uh, like creating a sort of social fabric, right. Or system to kind of develop that. Um, what would that look like? You know, knowing what we know now um, rather than, than something that was just written so long ago. Um, and I think it can take aspects from it, but it doesn't need to be um, totally bound to it. Right. Right. And I, I would say it largely builds off of that in most other like religions. Like uh, I think they're, they're hugely beneficial and they will continue to be, but their, their importance has, um, has waned and something else needs to take their place. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because I mean, you know, you hear people, like the complaint is like, Oh, you know, youngsters these days, they, they don't have religion or, or whatever. Um, but I, I do think, I, I think there's some truth to that sentiment, but I also think it's like people still crave this, this sort of interaction and meaning. I just think maybe it's, it's that the old system wasn't providing that, you know, it doesn't provide that anymore. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. I think, I think putting more of an emphasis on like self-reliance and, and that type of thing is really healthy. I, I, I don't, I never liked the idea of, you know, Oh, you know, God willing, or, you know, um, kind of saying like, it's all out of your control, you know? Yeah. And then praying that it gets better. I, I would much rather, you know, prepare, take action, um, to better one's life. So, yeah, there's a, you just reminded me of a quote from a show called Yellowstone where uh, the guy does a, he does like a quick sermon at the end. It's like, uh, you know, God, give us rain and a little bit of luck. We'll take care of the rest. <laughs> thought that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, self-reliance is a good value. I mean, and we, we did that exercise, right, where we're trying to come up with, with a set of values or principles to live by. Um, for the tomorrow people, right? Because I think I think a shared culture needs that. It needs a shared set of ethics. 
Yeah, it, you need you need some commonality. You need a reason why everyone's together. And actually, well, do you have a do you have a question? Because I have one that kind of segues pretty pretty nicely into that. Yeah, I mean, we can go into that. Um, I got a couple questions. We can I'll, I'll sprinkle them in as they make sense. You can. You want to do yours now? No. No. If you got a good segue, let's do that. Let's hop in. Yeah. So commonality. So what's the best organization or group that you've ever been a part of? best organization um it's a tough one i think do you have do you have a clear one because i the thing is i feel like i have a i have a few ways to kind of approach that i mean i think one was in some ways was like the the coding boot camp we did because there was a Mm -hmm. like there's a distinct before and after like it was a 12-week program you know i built some amazing things and new skills and sort of uh, awareness about this industry and, and uh, obviously like our friendship came out of that. Um, but you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a community thing. Like we were all there to kind of get a job done. Right. And and I think that that was, it, it was like very functional as far as like community that I was like, that I really enjoyed being a part of. Um, it's probably various like soccer teams or, or sports teams over the years, probably um, back in Spain. I remember we just had a really, uh, we had a really solid team and, you know, I think when, when the chemistry's good and, um, you know, you're winning games, everyone's happy. Um, and then, you know, obviously like it's, uh, it's great when everyone can kind of like share in like the victories and, and sort of commiserate when, you know, when there's the defeats, but, um, uh, yeah, I guess those, those would be kind of my answers. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think, yeah, the first one I thought of was the boot camp as well. Uh, but then I did think it was kind of short term. Um, and then the next one I thought of was a sports thing. So either the tennis team I played on in high school or this intensive one I went to in Florida. Um, maybe it's something about the the exercise too, you know, yeah. <laughs> just feel good. Everyone feels good. Um, yeah, for sure. And you're a kid, so yeah, there's not as much to worry about. Um, yeah. And then the other one that I thought of was the early school I went to, um, growing up, uh, it was like a Montessori. And so you were in one classroom from everyone was in one classroom from third or first to third grade. So you kind of had a little bit of wider age range and you were in that same like space for two years, three years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. At school you go to is, 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 I mean, looking back, it's so important, right? Like such formative years, like things that I like shape you now, you know, began so long ago. And like, if you missed out on it or, 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 you know, didn't have a good experience, it's, sad right because i mean i think there's there's like there's a there's a piece of you that that's maybe lost or like you didn't you didn't really get to explore um but you know not to say that you can't develop it later it's just it's i wish i just wish there was more um i don't know i guess like a deeper deeper level discussion about education and and what that means right because that word gets thrown around and mostly like the context of oh college loans or whatever but it's like, what is, what are we actually trying to learn? What are we, what are we developing? Right. Like what, 
we're, we're sort of like programming the next generation of humans, right? It's not a, it's not a trivial thing. It's not, it goes beyond standardized testing and um, majors and, and, you know, what kind of job and salary people get. Like, I think it's, it's a much deeper question that that's kind of goes at the heart of the fabric of society. Um, and not just, and I don't mean just like schooling, right? Like the sports teams that you're a part of, right? Like how do you, um, you know, make sure people are healthy, right. And doing physical activities and building that yeah. team spirit. Right. I think there's, uh, something to be said about that. That's, that's super important. I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I think the education piece is kind of like, um, you kind of, you want, you'll learn more from like, you know, to 10 years old to when you're 18, than people 50 years ago learned, you know, all the way up through college and grad school, probably. Um, right. Like we're getting better at transferring information of previous generations and like, it's one thing kind of that book has shown me is that, you know, you don't need to learn all the history. You don't need to learn about all the failed paths that were taken, just the successful ones. Those get propagated on. Um, yeah. And I don't know if our society is really set up for everyone to be an Einstein, but it's it pushes enough people kind of for like, you know, uh, evolution, ev- education, evolution, right? It pushes enough people further enough far enough where they can push the edge of whatever the knowledge is. And then if that's successful, that'll get propagated down. Right. And everyone will know that as a, as a thing, and then they'll be able to push it. Someone will be able to push it a little bit further. So, um, I don't know. That's the way I kind of look at it, but yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of mind blowing to think too, that like, we just, you know, we, there's so much more to explore because it, because it's this feedback loop, right. Of once they get to the edge, they feedback in and then that kind of propels the next generation forward. I mean, I think like, you know, any change is scary, but I mean, think about there was a time when there was no public education system, right. And what that's allowed, right. In terms of the number of people it's educated and then what they were able to go on and do with that, even if it was a tiny percentage that go on and do it, right. Like it still empowered them. Right. Um, you know, and you look at things, what's going on with like online courses and just kind of the internet and YouTube videos and educational content, or, um, you know, even, even just kind of like silly, you know, things like that you kind of think of as like message boards. Right. And it, it, they get a lot of negative sort of, um, press, right. From like, Oh, this spreads a lot of fake news, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's also sort of like a narrative. I mean, how, like, how do you quantify, the benefit versus the cost of, of like fake news versus, you know, someone like someone relaying their experience in an AMA uh, on Reddit, right? Like there's, there's tremendous value in, in sharing those personal experiences and um, you know, a, cause it's just, it's valuable information. It's practical, but it's also like, it's an empathy thing where you can kind of relate to other people and, and sort of hear their story and, and get a unfil get an unfiltered narrative, um, Versus something that you'd otherwise back in the day, you'd have to hear over the news or the radio or, um, you know, you'd have to have like some kind of publishing platform in the, in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely great. So kind of bringing it back around to 
the purposes of this uh, session. Um, so like, what are some commonalities you can think of in those groups that we described, which were the best organizations we've ever been a part of, um, that you think should be emulated or, you know, starting off point. Um, yeah, I, I can kind of show, I, I think most of those groups had, had a, had a clear purpose, mm -hmm. um, the boot camp, everyone knew what they were there for. You know, you still bond. Sports, same type of deal. School, not quite as much, but there's still like a start and a finish and a, you know, tests, goals, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. clear purpose for sure. Um, I, I feel like you just reminded me of some, I think it was a Simon Sinek video I saw uh, about organizations because he does a lot of talks on leadership. But um, the one, the one thing I came up with, because uh, when you immediately asked me that question was um, sort of this degree of immersion. Um, you know, we, when we did the boot camp, like I was, you know, I had a certain routine before the boot camp, And then after like the first week or so, I was like, holy crap, like I'm, I'm going to have to like sacrifice a lot of things or I'm going to have to really yeah. like, adjust <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to just keep doing this uh, during, right? Uh, one thing that I, was cool that I pushed myself to do and I'm glad I, it, it really paid off was like journaling um, during that time because it, was, it, was, it helped me kind of like kind of reflect on, on the experiences of, of the boot camp. Um, but I, I think for me, and this might just be a personal bias, I, I really appreciate the intensity, right? So like certain soccer camps where it was just like, mm -hmm. you, know, you do like three sessions a day um, yep. for like a week or two and you just you just get so much better by the end of it. Um, yeah. And so that's why, you know, with, with, with what we've been doing so far, it was it was started as this like weekly meetup thing. Like I think my, my natural inclination has been to like ramp up the intensity and the sort of uh, immersion of it. And sort of, that's why I was like, let's do a podcast. Let's, let's add, let's start adding pieces. Let's not lose that momentum um, mm -hmm. while also trying to balance, like doing it well and not over, overextending, which is another risk. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I do appreciate the intensity. Like uh, there was even this, like one of the summer camp I went to was like a Christian summer camp but it just was a fun summer camp. Um, and like the, but there was a lot of religion packed into that, I think week or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, I think if you can, I think it's way more beneficial to spend one week doing something than it would be to spend seven weeks or one day a week, seven, you know, over seven weeks. Um, sure. That, yeah, like, I think immersive, intensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just need more, like whatever you're going to get better at, you just really need to put in consistent time. Yeah. Consistent time. I think that's the key. Sure. I think there's a, there's definite cost to context switching too much, right? Um, you know, having too many, your focus pulled in too many directions. Um, So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's part of it, but I, I don't think that's the only thing. I guess it was, it was a question like what made those organizations successful or like why, why it was a powerful experience. So I, yeah, it's funny I you're think, asking me these questions and I actually wrote a lot of these down, like to ask you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think the question, you know, because our organization is new, it's, it's like, what have we enjoyed in the past, right? Mm -hmm. To figure out 
what we would probably enjoy in the future and how do we make it align with what we're doing, you know? So I wrote down like immersion goal. Um, there's also some aspect of like positiveness, you know, or fun, like all those things I thought were kind of fun. Sure. Um, or, or could be made to be fun. Sports are definitely fun. It can be sucky at some points, yep. boot, the boot camp too, but yeah. it's that feeling of like figuring it out and accomplishment and everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a element of like challenge to it. If it's too easy. It's kind of not worth doing. Right. And maybe that goes back to the whole idea of like flow states, you know, and, and you kind of want to be at the edge or like pushing the limits of your own sort of capabilities. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, maybe, it, it requires a lot of effort, right? Yeah, maybe like if we did an immersion thing for like a extended weekend or maybe like a whole week or something with the tomorrow people, we could have like personal goals or group goals or something like that. Yeah. And then also throw in fun aspects. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I like, I mean, I really like the idea. And I know we've talked about doing like some kind of summit or um, I guess, what are they uh, like a retreat? Um, mm-hmm. It just sucks. I mean, the timing of it sucks with, with all the COVID stuff. I think um, it's actually great because we we're still building and we get to plan, you know, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, we can come out of this super organized and there's going to be a pent up demand for sure. Be like, Oh, well, we're actually hosting this really cool summit and maybe you can come. <laughs> yeah generate hype i mean yeah that, that's part of the fun too is i think like i there's so many aspects of this just this building this organization that are new to me right like i had no idea about how to host podcasts like you're teaching me about this tool um you know someone brought up the concern of you know right now we've just been doing the meetups on google hangouts but uh how do you how do you have a, a large discussion after a certain point it's you know there's a reason podcasts only have uh you know, maybe three cops, five people on them uh, or like hosting. Um, so how do you, how do you manage those bigger groups? And someone actually gave me someone who I invited uh, like for the first time last week, they, they provided, Oh, by the way, have you heard of this tool? So um, already I'm, I'm glad that I'm starting to see like the benefits of this sort of cross pollination of ideas, right? A lot of people are working on similar things. When we kind of went over the goals exercise, we saw that, um, so it, so it's really cool. And, and it's, it's sort of stuff that I wasn't sure about would be working by now, like already is, is bearing fruit. So um, <laughs> it's almost working know. too well. <laughs> it, well, I, I don't know if I'd put it like that, but it's, it's, it's good. I think, I mean, it still needs like nurturing, right? It's like, you know, when you plant a seed, right. And you start to see it grow, it's like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like this thing is alive, but you can definitely, there's still a lot of ways to kill it on the way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Do you have a question on your list that would segue well? I have another one if you don't, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like, um, you know, it's, I guess it's, it's similar to the question you asked about like, um, uh, what, like, I I mean, the question I wrote down is what makes an organization successful or like it's, um, I guess it's similar to, um, what you were getting at, but maybe more on like the sort of how is that system designed? Like what's the, um, 
you know, what's the, like, if you think about how the, the churches that, or the camps that you've been to, or like the sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, what was the, the structure of that system rather than like the, like the subjective experience was what we went through. Right. So we enjoyed like the challenge, whatever, but there was some, there was some kind of um, organizational apparatus at work. Um, yeah. So what were the characteristics of that apparatus? I think is, is sort of my question. Um, or sorry, how have I interpreted the, the question that I wanted to ask you? It's really interesting because initially I was thinking of every group I was a part of had a leader, teacher, some sort of authority. They had like assistance, right? And then you have like a supporting staff around that. And then you have some sort of like path curriculum set of activities. Um, And that definitely works. Sure. But then I thought of another one that I did was, which was a, it's called Summit. It's a weekend. They do it in LA and all over the, the world. And that was different because there is a summit group and they had to plan the whole event. But I never personally bumped into them. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't like, it wasn't like you were part of small groups or anything. You were just like, in this really cool environment where you could go participate in whatever you wanted to, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything was taken care of like all the mundane stuff, like lunches, dinners, you know, happy hours, stuff like that. Um, But then there was just interesting talks you could go to during the day. Of course you didn't have to do any of that. And like, you know, different activities you could do. And so that was like a, I don't know, it wasn't leaderless, but it was, it was way more free flowing, you know, because I've been to other conferences and I guess it's the same thing with like, it. I guess it'd be called a really well-run conference because um, you don't really get like a group at a conference. So Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's that kind of interplay of like order and chaos of like you want... Um, you want that freedom, right? If it's way too structured, then, you know, you're kind of just like on this, like you're on like a ride, right? You get in and it's just like, like just being spoon, spoon fed stuff. Um, but you also want, you want that ability to kind of explore like, you know, like a video game, like you want that open world aspect, right? You want to be able to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some degree of control and, and autonomy. Um, so for sure, I think there's that, like the invisible, sort of it's like the person who built the sandbox versus like the people you're like yeah. playing in the sandbox with. Um, yeah. Or like festivals and stuff, you know, yeah. it's like, you'll never meet the festival organizer, but they, sure. they, they help, you know, without that group, they the festival would not have happened. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Logistics are huge. I mean, especially, and if we, if we're talking about doing even, even like moderately sized trips, right. I'm, I'm planning one and, and, sort of January with the smallish group of friends, like um, that's uh, I mean, that, that in of itself is, is tricky, right? So, I mean, you got to think of transportation, food, um, you know, like how, what's the, what's the like breakdown going to be like, who's going to get what rooms. Um, it, it takes a, of, a certain amount of work. And I think, I guess at first it's not really, that's not really separate, right? That's, that's the members are the ones who are going to have to self-organize. So um, yes and no. I mean, 
I think initially, I don't know. I mean, because like I've definitely planned a, my a fair share of events that are, you know, right around 15, 20 people. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, well, my family, I'm one of seven. So growing up, there were nine <laughs> for a family dinner. So like, that's my baseline. Um, so then you, everyone brings a friend you're at 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like that, that's never been like, uh, that event doesn't type, that doesn't scare me as much. Like when I got married, that was like, you know, 150, something like that. Mm-hmm. That scared me. I was like, that's a lot of logistics. And like the, the, see, like it's interesting because the amount of planning that went into that event took place over months. And I think it was executed very well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so it's kind of like that trade-off between time, money, and execution. So, if you have more time, then, you have a then diagram. Yeah. So meaning, like, if you have more time to plan stuff, you can save money. Versus, like, if it's last minute, you got to throw more money at it. Yeah, and then if you have as much time and money as you need you can probably execute super well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, logistics and event planning. I mean, I think it's, I think certain, like certain personality types gravitate towards that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you, you just like, there's just, like a certain type of person who enjoys it. Which is cool. Um, but, uh, I feel like we got a little bit sidetracked. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's part of like the, I guess where I was going with that question of what makes the organization successful. Um, I think too, uh, it's like, well, here we can bring it back to that. Yeah. So what do you think makes an organization successful? My, I guess to summarize my answer, uh, you can either have a, like a clear leadership, right? Like teacher, coach, uh, instructor, boss, right. They have assistant and then you have your support staff around that. So it's like accountants, you know, or, you know, any, anybody else who helps make it all happen. Um, sure. That's my yeah. answer. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the systems part um, was how I kind of looked at it. I think like, you know, the, the, obviously the, the tie-in and we've talked about this um, is with like the, the governance structure I think is important. I think I still haven't really, you know, fully given up on the idea of like a liquid, sort of democracy. And I think some, some way of, of sort of establishing, um, you know, like what's the, what's the system for establishing those shared values, right? Cause we talked about the importance of shared values, shared culture, but how do we, what's the, what's the machine that, that sort of determines that, right. And there has to be some kind of, of way of like naturally picking leaders, right. Otherwise it's, um, I think if you, if you have inflexibility in, in those kinds of systems, right. If you have, broken systems or whatever, um, or just really slow ones that don't work. It, it just, that ends up being the bottleneck for organizational like efficiency, right? If you need to pivot quickly, like you should have that ability and the bigger the system gets, the harder that is to do. I mean, I think just working, going from a 10 person startup to Google, seeing like very simple, simple things that weren't even a consideration at a 10 person startup or, are like you have whole teams of tens or hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Or it's a multi-day effort or you got to run it through X, Y, Z people who are across several different departments. 
Um, and it makes sense why things are done that way when there's so much at stake, but it, it can slow things down. And sometimes it's unnecessarily. Um, and there's not like a, like, there's not like a person to go to, to like say, Hey, fix this. It's kind of like a better problem. You got to be the one to flag it and care enough to fix it. Um, but yeah, that's, so I guess that's one side of it. And then two, like going back to the values, it, it is that shared culture. Right. And I think that those are the two things I try to balance even at this very early stage of, of like, right. Like five to 10 people, depending on who, who actually shows up. Um, like how, like you can have all the systems in the world, but if the intent isn't good, if, if people, you know, don't care about each other and don't respect each other and they don't have with communicating and, and resolving conflicts and wanting to like build this bigger thing, you, you know, no system is going to be able to fix that. It's, it, it's well, got to think, I also think it has to be beneficial for everyone who's a part of it. You know, it has to be a positive experience, no matter how you dice it. Um, and I think that's why, like, it's religion 2.0. Um, yep. You know, I, I just don't think religion sales pitch is like you're part of it statistically because your parents were part of it. And that's, <laughs> it's obviously worked, but that's not a a thing i think you should have a choice right you should choose sure. to be part of something not like this is i like this because this is what i know um so opt in opt in versus you know opt out it's it's a tricky one right because uh you know when you're a kid what do you really know you know and like your parents kind of make choices for you and that even that transitions like tough one because you know like kids when they're teenagers start to rebel right like it it makes sense i mean i definitely encourage kids to be part of (laughs) tomorrow society (laughs) so uh yeah they definitely be forced to go to retreats and things like that yeah for sure (laughs) so i'm a hypocrite as well um yeah yeah and it's i I don't know maybe that's just the eternal struggle between generations like you you've got to try to convey like why, why this thing is valuable and worth passing on this ritual or this, this, this behavior. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have the right perspective anymore. And, and at a certain point, like the society's moved on and you're, you're preaching an outdated method, right. Of, of going about mm-hmm. the world and seeing things. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's just it. Maybe that's just the eternal tension. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, it, well, they're, whatever the tomorrow people is, it, it needs to have a clear benefit for all its members, why they're a part of it. You know, anything that's a drag is going to die. Um, or isn't like, maybe people don't like the gym, but they go because they get a benefit out of it, you know? So, yeah, True. And, it, you know, it's fun. it's weird to me to think like, you know, because there's all these like, you know, those like mega churches with like those, those, uh, you know, tele, they're what are they having called? an experience there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's, it's just funny to me as an outsider looking in, it just seems so ridiculous and absurd. Oh, that, it'd be so, I'd love to check one of those out. Like, honestly. That would be, yeah, it would be an interesting experience. I, maybe, maybe something about being there. Um, I heard, okay. So like, love to go to like a Southern <laughs> mega church, like, yeah, it'd be fun. yes. 
<laughs> we should try it. There's a uh, there's this huge Mormon one close to close to my family home in, in Oakland. Um, but like, I just so I, so Joe Rogan, I think, uh, had a I think it was Joe Rogan. Someone had this comment about how seeing a comedy show live is very different than watching it on like Netflix. You're only getting like like I don't know if he said like fifty percent of the energy because you're, yeah. you're there, you're immersed. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's something to that. Like, that's what I mean. It's an experience. I'm sure it's an experience in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the same reason people want to go to a festival with other people, like a music festival, yeah. you know, you want to be in that crowd feeling the music. Uh, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't go cause you can listen to it at home. You go yeah. for the, for the atmosphere. 100%. Yeah. And like yeah, even Clear Lake and that type of thing, like it's it's a space and a people and a feeling. So it is, yeah. And there's a there's a good video I saw about this. It's they they call these kinds of things uh, aesthetic experiences. So like the opposite of like an anest- like an anesthetic is when you get put under your senses are dulled. An aesthetic experience is when your senses are heightened. Right, you're you're mm-hmm. hearing things and feeling things and seeing things and like it's. Um, I think there's definitely something to like you can design spaces around that. I think that's the intention behind again festivals like, and burning men. Can we work that into the name of the first thing? The aesthetic. If we can get something that starts with A, like retreat, but it starts with A. Anyway, I'll, I'll brainstorm. Keep <laughs> yeah, going. Brainstorm. No, but we. But I mean, too. Like it's it's finding a good location. That's why you know retreats are often these like beautiful natural places a lot of times and. Um, you know, there's there's like there's there's things you can do to kind of cultivate that like um you know i like i think that's the reason people also sort of like drink and party and listen to a lot of music and um do drugs and like that type of thing it's it's uh it's all part of the 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 feeling right like you're it's 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 like you, you can't always explain everything you can't just put it into words it's not like watching like you won't get the same thing from watching a video you gotta live it um yeah and to our good food, right? Good food's part of that. Uh, like warm, like if you're sitting by a cabin, like in a cabin, like by a fire, or you're doing like a lake plunge in the winter. Um, mm-hmm. All of that is, is I think part of it. And two, I mean, I was, when I was writing about, I was trying, I'm, cause I'm still trying to refine. I'm like, what's the one sentence elevator pitch of the tomorrow people. Um, part of the thing that kind of came up, came to me was like pushing the boundaries of, of our humanity, like and going outside our comfort zone. Um, you know, doing, doing, again, going back to the sports, like why those are fun. It's the physical challenge, uh, to be things like doing physical events, um, like, uh, you know, tough mutters or Spartan race or something, um, sure. seeing, seeing kind of like what, <laughs> what you're capable of, you know, the tomorrow people group does, <laughs> does a tough mutter. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, and I think like not, every, not everything's going to be for everyone. Right. It, I want to oh, have, like, not. there's gotta be some flexibility too, right. You can't have to just all do the same same crap but how do you maintain cohesion then that's the the challenge yeah yeah i mean i think at least in my life there's always been a physical i'm always happier when i'm doing something physical you know whether it just be like a workout routine or part of like um a ping pong club or tennis or sailing or something you know um it's like i just feel better and so it'd be interesting if we could somehow make that a thing of the tomorrow people, like, sure, move, you know, 
exercise or movement, you know? Um, yeah. Or like, uh, it could be like the, uh, the like saunas or like ice baths, like, you know, anything. I mean, just like, yeah. Yeah. Just as long as you're like stuff you can do. As long as you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your brain, you can't really like decouple like your brain, your mind from, from your body, right? If you're in pain, right. That's going to change, affect your mood and productivity and stuff. Like it's it's huge to to take care of your vessel. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. It's like, do you do a spiritual? Cause I also think there should be a spiritual component, right? Like mental health, I think is kind of spiritual. Um, so exercise or physical stuff, spiritualness, and then like a purpose. Yeah. And, uh, that's all, that's all pretty challenging. And then I think you throw some fun in there as well. Yeah. You know, I could imagine a, just like a fun weekend where, you know, if it's like a weekend thing, like every day there's like a, some kind of physical, like a hike or, you know, it's like some kind of like uh bike ball tournament class. or something. Yeah. Some kind of tournament. Yeah. Like something like you have, you, you maybe like you have an hour long meditation session every night. You, everyone cooks dinner together. There's like some element of like fasting. You could have like a, you could have like a feast, you know, on like feast, Saturday yeah. night or something, right? Yeah, like the like big the, feast. Like the last night is just like the big party night. It's, yeah, exactly. And then various activities throughout the day that are, you know, optional. Yeah. 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 I like that. And I mean, you know, a lot of that too is like what I enjoyed about the Scandinavian club. It's like everyone, it's like, it's basically a Nordic retreat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A Nordic retreat, you know? Um, And I bet you like most cultures have some version of it. Um, It's uh, yeah, it's just, it's just fun and it's very, I don't know, human. It's funny. It's the the Scandinavian stuff, or at least up in Clear Lake, is like what they all do over there, you know, in Scandinavia, and it's what uh, we do here in Minnesota too. Everyone gets out of wherever they live, and they go out to a cabin, and they, you know, you spend three, four days there, and it's kind of like that, you know, hang out all day, go fishing, you know, go for a bike ride, go for a hike, um, you know, have a dinner together at party a little at night, you know, wake up in the morning, do the same thing. And it's, it's nice. But I, I think we could add a little bit more personal growth in there. So. Sure. Yeah. I, I really think, I mean, so it could be something simple. Like even if, like if I do a one hour meditation sit, like my, my headspace is, is different after that. Um, mm. In a really good way. Like it's just, you know, I'm like, my anxiety's lower. Like I just, I, process a lot of like stuff that's kind of been on the uh you know running in the background like background tasks in my mind um so even if it was just like like yo everyone let's do this like even if it's a little bit uncomfortable like i think if you can get over that like first kind of hump like it it would it would be it would add almost that spiritual element i think um even if it's It's like nothing guided just silence for now it's what kind of like the songs are and stuff at churches, you know, and things like, I think you rarely listen to the words and you just kind of like zone out a little, you know, um, or at least like the meditation, the Zen stuff I've done. It's like the, the chants and things, you know, they're, they're meant to like, 
you know, have you wander a little. Yeah. So a silent one hour thing would, I mean, an hour is a lot, definitely. You know, I, it'd be cool if people can do it. I, I personally can't right now. Uh, I can get to like, use my max was 30 minutes. So interesting. It's, it's so funny to me that, that meditation is this like hard thing to do, but I, I know exactly what you mean too, because like, I know for me, when I first started out an hour, would be like unimaginable. Even now I don't do an hour. Like I, I haven't done an hour in a long time. Like the most usually it goes up to like 30 minutes. Um, but yeah. partially cause I, mean, like, I just, I'm busy, but partially cause like it, it feels like work, you know? Yeah. Weird weird <laughs> it's really weird um but anyways yeah i mean i think too like again going going back to the original question i think like i you know having those originally i mean i think like as we kind of grow hopefully you know we have these like retreats um but i think it'd be cool to have like those permanent spaces i mean like churches build or like like religions build churches right and they build cathedrals and things um having having like physical spaces that uh themselves are designed for those aesthetic experiences uh yeah longer term right if this is successful if this grows then um there's got to be a way to kind of build that and run that and that's just its own challenge yeah well i think initially it'll be i mean you can have a space i think down the road but like uh even some of the like really great conferences or whatever I've been a part of, I've been to, they must have an office somewhere, but they rent, you know, the spaces for their events every time, you know, it's not like they, you don't need to own a giant space. Um, you know, as long as you're able to gather in smaller groups, hmm. you know, that's what's yeah. important. And then for the big events, you can, use it as needed. Like the <laughs> Scientology uh, rents out like a lot of the theaters and stuff in Los Angeles. Sure. Um, but they don't, they're not there all the time. They do have buildings. That's true. Yeah. So it's, you know, striking that balance. I mean, I think too, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the I, like, you know, we talked a little bit about like the similarities this has with those organizations, but um you know, I think there's, there's aspects of this that I, I want to run more like a startup or some kind of like tech company, um, from an organizational standpoint, I think that just gives greater flexibility while not necessarily losing cohesion. Right. So, yeah. Um, you you know, what if it was a monthly thing, a monthly fee or a weekly fee, right? Cause that's what churches did, right? Come to church, do the thing. Let me pass around the, you know, <laughs> The collection. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone put money in it. And then you're like, yeah. And then like, that's how they got their, right. That's like their consistency aspect. Uh, I don't know. I'd be interested. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then that, that funds the, the meetup or the gatherings or whatever. Like every, every quarter, it's like if everyone paid enough. Uh, but well, I don't know if it, it fund the gathering, but it would be, it would be building towards something, right? So um, I think the gatherings would still cost money, but yeah, maybe that extra special thing is nobody paid for that, you know, or you all, everyone paid for it previously. I don't know. 
Sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I th- and I think there's, there's the thing with money is it, it always complicates things, but um, at some point it's going to have to come to that. I think you gotta, you gotta interface with the real world. Um, I mean, even this podcast, right? Like it, it costs money to host stuff. It costs money to use these services. Um, but I'm pretty confident, like we'll be able to figure most of that stuff out. Like I think just relative to, I don't know, renting, owning a space, building a church, like this stuff's it's cheap, right? Yeah. There's actually a church for sale around here. <laughs> what, uh, what happened? People just stopped going. I don't know. Well, churches <laughs> are closed. So yeah. Do you actually like the physical space though? I mean, the way that's set up. Would you like, cause it sounds like you, you wouldn't bring that up unless you weren't like, Hmm, I could, I could acquire this piece of <laughs> history. Yeah. I know. I looked at the church. I want to do an apartment complex. And I was like, could you turn it into that? And I was like, no, and I was like, well, oh, it'd be an awesome house. And I was like, Oh, that's a weird house. It's a weird location. <laughs> and yeah. So I, I didn't think about it for like the tomorrow <laughs> people. Cause it was too, it's too big. You know, it's like you have six people and you're like, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that like, I don't know, you could, you could buy a church. So, yeah, it is, it's like a, it's a piece of real estate. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point. I mean, it, it, in some ways, like just hearing that almost takes the magic out of what a church is like in, subconsciously, but I, you know. I don't know because it, it just feels weird to think that, like, oh, that like this, the the guy who's like supposed to be like this, he's talking to God, right? And but he's also got to pay rent, you know. Yeah. Um, he also he's, he, he's he, he you know praises the Lord, but he also has a landlord, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, but cool. Coming up on an hour, I guess. Uh, yeah, were there more questions? I don't and uh, have too many. I'll, rat, I'll 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 throw you all my questions, and you can answer whichever ones you like. All right. All right. So, but yeah, I'll just go through them all, and then you can say what about that one, or we can go back, or I can repeat them. So, what's an organization you've admired or wish you were a part of? Who are five people you'd like to do like to do a podcast with, podcast with, or an interesting conversation with? Uh, how do you see tomorrow? What is your view of the future? If you were to become terminally ill, what would you do with the rest of your life? What do you think you'd be remember, remembered for? What are some of the dreams you would have wanted to accomplish? Uh, how do you view death? If you were unable, if you were able to make three wishes, what would they be? If you were to rule a land, how would you rule? There you go. That'll fill five minutes. You can pick whichever one you want. <laughs> with an iron fist. Now, some of those, <laughs> some of them, uh, some of them seem like they kind of just merit their own podcast. Like I think, uh, uh, what was there was one in the middle that was it was really interesting. Like like um, you know, terminally ill and, and sort of oh yeah. Like, if you I, were to become terminally ill, what would you do with the rest of your life? What would do you think you'd be remembered for? What are some right before the, you the want to accomplish? Uh, how do you see tomorrow? What is your view of the future? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I let's let's put a pin in that one because um, I think that one's that we could just go into that for like the full podcast because um, there's so much to talk about and I think there's 
it's probably worth having a little structure around that. Um, I guess maybe we can kind of wrap up with like the, the, we got through like five questions. So, I mean, it's less than I thought, but I like <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I mean, I think it's good to dive deep. That's the whole point of you know, it's a long form podcast. I guess maybe we can talk about the, the plan about around the podcast. Um, so like you said, or, or I said at the beginning, just, um, you know, we want to, we want to do these with, with each member or each kind of like the first, five, 10, 15, whoever, however many people kind of start joining these meetups. Um, but then beyond that, I think the plan is to kind of get, ask, ask them, right, for, for their recommendations of who they want to podcast and sort of spiral out that way, right? So get at least three recommendations for people, um, three, five, whatever. Um, and then that that's the list that we'll sort of work through and try to get on the podcast. Um, and then I think, you know, like we talked about yesterday, we want to have sort of, uh, sort of long shots. I think, I think it's good, like probably okay to be ambitious, like with every way to get in connect, connect with celebrities and, and, you know, influencers and whatever you want to call them, like podcasters, scientists, uh, uh, entrepreneurs these days, like you tweet at them, email, whatever, LinkedIn, um, even if 1% reach like responds back and are, are interested and, are, and happy to do the podcast, then, we'll still, we'll still get some interesting people that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think people like being invited to a podcast. I think that's still seen as like a positive thing. So yeah, I guess it depends on who you are, but I think most people I know would be like, Oh yeah. What's it about? So sure. Um, yeah. And so I think, so I think we will have a lot of material to potentially go through. So it's just a matter of, are we, can we stay consistent and do we enjoy it? So, uh, so far I think, think i do uh but to answer the question kind of i think we'll go into like the the people who i want to have on um so i actually came up with six so it was three and three so three individuals that i know personally and i think would be um interested or down or or, you know just be a scheduling thing um and then three individuals who kind of like long shot like long term uh let's this person uh so the three long shot ones are uh tim ferris um, I want to get Lex Friedman on and then Russell Brand. Okay. Yeah. Three uh, pretty interesting characters. They're interesting characters. They all have podcasts. Um, so it's kind of in that spirit. I, I there's so many different routes I, I wanted to go with like, oh, Elon Musk or like someone something crazy like that. Um, but I think just you know, we'll like we'll we'll throw them in a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> maybe or maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll have like a themed one. It's like, okay, who are your three long shot? entrepreneurs or scientists or celebrities or whatever. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I like the idea of interviewing people who just failed at something hmm. or I maybe not failed, but like the idea of interviewing a politician who just lost an election, you know, <laughs> yeah. like nobody cares typically, right? Like yep. see ya. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'd be like, hey, let's talk about it. You don't have anything to lose now. You know, like you lost. So <laughs> uh, you can be honest, right? Like you can let your guard down. This isn't, this isn't a gotcha anymore. Yeah. About the political so, process all that. Cool. Yeah. Or whatever it would be. Um, I was also thinking uh, somebody high up in some sort of armed forces because don't get much inter- interface with that. And then a religious person too. So 
yeah what so what do we have a priest soldier and uh a politician, politician. walk into a bar yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. those yeah. are those are three long-running societies or groups that are definitely going to still be around 100 years from now yeah yeah important important organizations um with with like a lot of a lot of like culture or i mean i don't know if culture is the right word but they have a lot of like standing traditions right um and those would be kind of interesting to explore like why do you why do you do things this way right uh, it's like well this was 500 years ago you know this was this was the like why is this the uniform why is this the why are these why do you wear these robes why why what's what was the origin what was the what how's the meaning of this text been uh how's it evolved over time um yeah because they're all goal-oriented they're all immersive and they're all challenging and i'm sure people have fun at some points in them so i think they fit they fit those four criteria yeah yeah awesome cool yeah i think we'll we'll refine that list i'm excited to kind of get into it but um yeah as long as uh you know we, we'll keep working on this podcast and i think uh just see where it goes let it kind of grow organically and then uh kind of guide it guide it as we see fit cool cool um it's not a great segue into the next the piece but um i know you wanted to talk about that book the information oh yeah so if you did make it through this whole hour, our goal was kind of talk about have more structure for the first hour and then the second hour be a little bit more free form. And maybe we touch on stuff we talked about, or we just go on a tangent. So just follow, yeah. follow the rabbit, we don't, follow the white rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't really have a, anything planned for this. The time after this could go 15 minutes, could go an hour. So yeah. Um, yeah, I just got to the, so the book, what's the name of it again? The information uh, by James, uh, James Gleek. It's, uh, information, uh, let me see. The flood or something. Yeah. It was written in 2011, the information, um, a history, a history, a theory, a flood. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I just got to the ent- entropy part of the book and uh, Maxwell's demon. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, I didn't know Maxwell's demon was a, was an idea. Uh, I forget his first name, but his last name was Maxwell. <laughs> and he said, uh, so you have all these molecules. Some are slow, some are fast. Um, if you had a, very small, intelligent demon that could uh, open a door or close a door and let different particles through. So it would only open the door for faster moving particles and it would close it for slower moving particles. So you would have like an iron bar and one end of it would be ice cold and the other end of it would be uh, white hot. Um, So, right. His idea was, why couldn't this be a thing? Sure. And why isn't it a thing, right? Uh, why doesn't, you know, water spontaneously turn into like a duck? <laughs> uh, right. It could happen. It doesn't. Um, 
and his his reasoning, at least for the bar, was um, or someone else's reasoning, was there's a cost to determining which particle to organize. So there's there's a energy cost to information, um, which would mean that there's no that that can't happen. So entropy uh, just makes things all kind of go towards one state and then thermodynamic equilibrium exactly yeah so you hadn't heard of uh the the, i mean i guess it's a thought experiment of of maxwell's demon um no was that your first kind of introduction to it yeah Yeah. what was your what was your reaction to that um kind of learning about that uh i mean i was like it's a really neat idea yeah um and then it was even more interesting to hear that information has an energy value. Um, and then I was like, super weird because to know something doesn't feel like it costs energy, mm-hmm. but it, it clearly does. Sure. Yeah. There's some kind of cost or some, something, something's spent, something's, uh, something happens like something, some information exchange, some kind of energy exchange, some kind of state is transferred. Like there's something going on physically in the world when information is processed, move when it moves around, when it, you know, goes places and like, you know, physically it makes sense. I think also too intuitively, like, you know, servers, server farms run hot, like your computer heats up when it's uh, like, or your phone heats up when you're, when you're FaceTiming, right. It takes more, more battery power. Um, so it's so something is clearly working, right? Yeah, I guess we're, we've just gotten better at transmitting information that it doesn't seem like it costs anything, or it's so Actually, cheap. small, yeah. small tangent. Um, sure. So they, you can have a AI generated face, <laughs> and um, so if you do a. a webcam they've actually come up with a new way to make it more efficient to so you don't lag in videos uh so you turn on your webcam you move your face around you create a model of your face and then it would uh (laughs) it would have that model for wherever somebody's viewing it and then it would only send the like 22 spots on your face right that convey emotion they would only send the vector information for that um, to your model, right? Uh-huh. So you'd, you'd actually cease to transmit the video and you're just going to transmit the vector data for your facial expressions. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, and it's funny, I mean, tying that back to the book, right? There's, there's an element of compression going on. So it's like, what's the, you don't need to Mass set the yeah, you're just sending oh, yeah. important information, right? Like, what's the what's the what's the essence that needs to get sent? You're sending the x y value for twenty one points, right? Yeah. Like, as opposed to the R G B value, right? Three three things for five hundred and twenty two, right? Uh, by five hundred and twenty two pixels, each pixels, right? Uh, at thirty frames a second, you know. Yeah. Like it's a lot more information for sure. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it's worth 
you know, just anyone still listening or anyone ever listens to this, um, taking a step back and I guess discussing kind of the high level, uh, like, I mean, what would you say that book is about? Right. I mean, I, I, I had I wrote a couple questions about it and sort of like some high level bullet points that I think were worth mentioning and discussing. But, um, you know, the, the question that I kept coming back to throughout the book is what is information, right? Like it's, I think we all have some intuitive understanding of what it is, but when you really start to dive into it and flesh out what it is and, and what it, what that means, that word means actually, um, it's, it's, it gets really weird, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you might've hit on it in a way that I hadn't thought of it, but it's when you do get information on something, it's the, it's the action or inaction or some sort of stat on something that happened physically somewhere. Right. Like, um, that that's that's what information is in my mind it's so say it's, it's a recording or some some it's a not recording oh, yeah i mean you could do i guess, I guess you think of it as like a like a it's the projection or it's or, or like, almost like the shadow or something like that that's the abstraction of an of an event yeah like the um yeah because all information is is older has to have happened and, in the past. Yep. So it's the abs- it's the abstraction of a of an event. Well, you I mean you still have to kind of get through the last part of the book, but it it gets I mean it gets into a bit of that as well of like uh like sort of permanence and um you know one of the there's one talks there's this poem that he kind of references about how every conversation that's ever had been had is somewhere somehow stored in the wind, right? It's doesn't really like leave, right? Yeah, the reverse vibration of everything. If you could yeah. unstir a substance, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of stirred up in there, and it's like not that you can really make anything of it, right? I, I don't know. You know, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to make that statement more profound than it actually is. Um, but there's yeah, there's there's again, there's just some weirdness around information, and I think the way the book approaches it that I really like is it goes through sort of the history of information as a whole right and so it and that's what sort of makes um that's what sort of i guess gave opened me up to the idea of that it's a much broader thing than i initially thought because you know it starts with um the idea of like spoken language and written language and dictionaries and like what was the first dictionary right it was like this person trying to organize words in a way and you and then also trying to explain what a dictionary was to people right it's like these well, like what is alphabetical ordering and you know it's it's a course, weird question that we're but all- then but then the weirder part of it is, is so quickly how it transfers into numbers right like you know and then the, the, they're like how many words do you need to say to get a message across right how much redundancy is there if i say do you know what the next word is right like uh it's yeah and then it's like and then they're breaking down right that the language with which words are more common and how to sort the alphabet. And then they get into, um, what is it? Um, Morse code, right? Mm-hmm. Breaking words and letters down into uh, binary, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, sure. 
yeah, they were, I mean, they were doing that with like just light, right? So you could, like, if you wanted to send a message at a really long distance, you know, you could send a written letter on by horseback, or you could have these like light towers that, um, you know, people would flash like Morse code to each other and, and then kind right. of convey it things that way. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it was very interesting how quickly language in my, in that book at least, devolved into math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, and that's that's the crazy thing about it is like there's these these seemingly unrelated topics do have this underlying information uh, that kind of ties them all together. Um, it's it's really weird and kind of fascinating. Like it's it's I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what the conclusion is too. Like I don't know what to make of that. I don't I don't know why this reminds me of it. But do you watch Rick and Morty? Uh, yeah. So there's that one episode where he gets the Death Stone. <laughs> yeah. And he, it's like telling him how he's going to die, right? And if he like does it, he just follows like the, when the stone tells him he's going to be with Jessica, his like high school crush. Yep. And there's like one point in it where he's like, he's gone rogue and he's just like, he's taken on the army and all these things, right? And then they're like, oh, I don't know how we'll ever forgive this, you know, horrible, you know, insidious boy. Like he, he's done, it's unforgivable. And then he gets on the camera is pointed towards him and he just lets out this like, <laughs> like yeah. this, you know, like frequency of noises. And, and then the newscaster is like, well, that's just the, that's just about the best thing I've ever heard. Like this little boy is exonerated, you know, <laughs> he should go on and live his life, un, you know, un, unhindered. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that is a thing. Like if you just fluctuate, the white right sounds and vibrations like yeah it probably could work like i mean what is what is speech right like that that's yeah. all we're, i think that when i when i saw that i was like I, I think i get the point they're trying to make is that like just even talking at all is is that it's like you're just like this howl doesn't mean anything but neither does yeah. like you talking like you could you could argue oh. argue your way out of a court case right if you, if oh, you yeah. have like the right like yeah, strategy yeah. and foresight and and you know right verbal blah, <laughs> which is which is kind of what he does right so he he like somehow seeing the future it's like yeah <laughs> the soul absurdity of it it he basically channels the like judge's like dead husband and yep. speaks for him and it's like it's like you could almost imagine a situation where like that he does like there's no such thing as ghosts but you know just just saying the right things Knowing the words, knowing the information that <laughs> knowing, yeah, exactly. that was valuable from the past, yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah, and so it, it's like that, and that, like, I don't know, kind of, I guess it. The issue, the the funny thing about it is, like, it goes into um, the absurdity of that crystal or crystal like that existing, right? It's just like mm -hmm. it, something like that can't exist because it would basically be equivalent to like. Uh, omniscience or, or whatever like you'd have to you'd be able well, to no, know it, was, inter it was interesting though because what you what it could have been right is a super intelligent being in the crystal or part of the crystal or something right because mm -hmm. it basically took over him at the end of the episode he was like this <laughs> giant monster thing right and so it could just be calculating your probability of death in the future right yeah so like initially the gunfight you know it was like, okay, there's the beam, right? Maybe it somehow knows that only X amount of energy, right? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. 
Um, so it could just be calculating your probability of death or, or like, right, Doctor Strange and Avengers, 14 million possibilities of failure, right? So, you know, you don't know the future, but you know a lot more information that would help you get to whatever path you want to take. So, yeah. I mean, it, you know, to segue that back to actually, like, you know, some real world applications and things um, or real way of looking at it, like the, you know, it been so interesting to go back to kind of the, the enlightenment era when, when all these first discoveries in physics and astronomy were started to be made. Um, so like, you know, obviously religion had profits for a very long time, like predicting the future, um, you know, talking about predicting the future, the, the thing that was super crazy uh, in an episode of Cosmos was how Neil deGrasse Tyson framed what, um, I forget his full name, but Haley, the guy who discovered Haley's comet, he made a prediction that like, I think it was like 70, 80 years from now, he's like, we're going to see on this exact like date, we're going to see this comet come back, um, which is the ultimate prophecy, right? It, it's mm-hmm. making a very specific prediction that will, can be tested and proven true or false. And then it was true. You know, and it was all based on these calculations. So it's like those, the the math and the the science that he used and the observations, those were kind of equivalent in some sense, or almost they were more powerful, right? Than what religious predictions were, which maybe were more vague or less specific or less accurate, right? His was, his was like on the, on that particular date or like within a few days was just like spot on. Right. Um, Well, And so I've kind of, uh, it's super fascinating because if you go way back in the religious texts, right? Like, uh, they talk about the origins of the moon and they say the moon was part of another planet that like went through a destruction and then was placed next to the earth. And then there's like old text and like rocks and stuff that perfectly depict the solar system which would have been like 12,000 years ago or, or even older. Um, and so those depictions, they always said were like passed down through God or, you know, these prophets, right. Who are telling of the future. And it's like, right. They are telling of just information that happens to be correct. Right. So it's like the, the comment, right. Is, information that happens to be correct and he's a prophet because he can know the future yeah but that would be the same but i think i think that's why i mean if you if you go far enough back in the religion the priests were the closest to god Mm -hmm. and they were given powers and information of god right um and so that would have just been more advanced information than anybody else at the time um, so, and I think religion is, is really interesting because it's basically done a 180, right? And it's like, it's so old and it's held on to so much of their tradition, right? That it's no longer, it, the it's no longer the best information. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't get the right predictions anymore. It doesn't like, uh, um, yeah, well, it's funny, right? I mean, cause it was those, like a lot of like first universities and and that type of thing were religious institutions. So a lot of this like grew out of there, but then 
you know, I think too, like, yeah, it kind of took on a life of its own and, and realized like, okay, well we can like, it's funny. So certain things like, like you think of Darwin, right? It, he was religion rejected that whole like hypothesis or theory that he came up with. Right. Yep. And, but there was a lot of like pre-work before that, that went into um, like uh, the Linnaean classification system which was basically the guy was trying to classify all the animals tree of life kingdom. Yeah. Create the tree of life and say, or like say, okay, this is the groupings. I mean, we need to like categorize and catalog all these different uh, Mm -hmm. animals. And I I don't know, maybe you haven't gotten to that part of the book, but there was a, you know, um, in, in the information that actually touches on this, the, different regions had different names. And this is, this is the challenge of, of that classification. You know, when you really start to think about it, different countries or different towns had this different names for the same plants. Right. So how did you find that unique name for this, all these things that people had different terms for, right? There was like, diff- like these grasses or these like flowers or, or plants that had like 50 different, like kind of like local names or, or, uh, uh whatever. And so they had to come up with that kind of dual, um, you know, genus species, Latin name, uh, and standardized things. Um, you know, and things like, like for physics, they had to come up with new words They had to come up with like, okay, what is, what is force precisely mean? What is acceleration? What is mass? What is a lot? All the new words were so interesting in that book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and like, and then, so that, that's just it. Then like, what is those, those, if you, like I, I was talking to my cousin about scientific papers, right? If you try to read a paper in a field that you really don't understand or like some really technical paper that has a ton of vocabulary in it, it's going to be basically gibberish to you because it's just like each of those words is so loaded and, and has so much meaning attached to it. You have to kind of get through first. Right. Uh, but that goes to the compounding of the information. You know, you need a, you need a word that is loaded so you can convey more information than you could 10 years ago. You know, um, yeah, like yeah. cloud computing, right? Like, I know what that means. You know what that means. But 15 years ago, you'd say that and you're like, what? You know, now we know that means a distributed system across a geographic area, you know, hosting. Um, like, there's already so much in that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. So, like, and actually, I don't, maybe, maybe you've gotten to this point in the book world. It, like, when you try to quantify information, right? So like the term cloud computing, there, there's a lot of meaning behind behind that. Like you said, um, you have to understand there's a lot of like pre, um, you know, there's a lot of pre-work that's gone into understanding or, or defining that term, right? You have to know what servers are. You have to understand what computers are. Um, you know, you have to understand the, the cloud in the sense of like, okay, you know, you know, we actually have to know what a cloud is. You have to know why this is, why that's used sort of as like an analogy or marketing tool for this, right? As if it's like kind of everywhere. It's, it's like, you know, like why, why are they using clouds as, as the metaphor? Um, and then, and then maybe some understanding about like infrastructure and code and that type of thing. Um, and why, why is it important? Why do I need to know this term in the first place? Um, but then each of those terms that it's subsequently made of also requires some understanding. Like what is a server? What is a client? What is a yep. you know, yep. HTTP yep. request? Um, and so you run into this issue where um, like, uh, like just language itself almost starts to break down. 
Um, you like there's this, uh, there's this great video. I'll send it to you after if I haven't already, but um, it, it has to do with like, what's the first sort of uh, number that um, can't like, can't be described in under like 60 letters. Right. So, you know, like the word, the, the number nine is described in four letters. The number 20 is uh, 20, what is it? Six letters, mm. five letters. Um, so there's a certain number of characters that you need to, and you know, the bigger the number, you get a lot of numbers under 60, <laughs> you can get a lot of numbers, right? But there will be some first number, right? Eventually that you get to where you can't describe it in under 60, right? Like just, just following that logic. But here's the thing, the sentence, the first number that you can't describe in under 60 characters that has fewer 60, fewer than 60 characters. So you can either say, all right, it's 1 billion, 2,700, whatever. Or you can say, you can just give it that label and say, it's the, this is the first number that can't be described under 60 characters, which creates a contradiction. So, so, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go deep in the rabbit hole, <laughs> right? That that's crazy. The question kind of becomes where, where did language originate? And from what I can tell, language originated with the Egyptians and the Sumerians. That's, that's two of like the oldest cultures we can find. Uh, Do you mean and, written language hmm? or like spoken language? I would, I would argue, I would argue both. Like, where does that come from? We obviously can't unmix the wind, <laughs> the earliest word, but uh, like Egyptian language is hieroglyphics and you know, for a long time, it's like, I mean, people still don't know what those mean, really. Uh, they have their best guess. And what it kind of reminds me of is emojis, right? If you <laughs> yep. send me a certain combination of emojis, it means one thing. If you send them in another way, it means something else. And I'm not conveying any words. It's very easy to understand, right? Once you once you understand the concept of a symbol, right? Like, it's easy to just start reading or writing it um and so yeah i mean i don't know too much about uh japanese characters but i i think it's closer to that than it is to like you know most western languages um yeah yep so yeah, it's it's the idea of symbols conveying meaning, you know. So, which is yeah, then what do you think question, about that? What is what is meaning, right? Like, what is um, yeah? You know, what's that information, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's I I feel like information and meaning they're related, but they're not necessarily the same thing, right? Because no. you, know, you could send a you could send a bunch of noise, right? In a zero zero five five four five six seven seven. Or, yeah. What's up, sir? How are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, it could be like, you know, that the amount of like energy it would take to kind of tran- transmit a gibberish message versus like a, yep. a meaningful message. It's the same, but there's one has meaning, one doesn't. Right. So alphabetically that's, sort a book or leave it as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. By the letter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, thirty-four A is all right, and then after that, mm, a lot of words here. A lot of could be a lot of words. It's trippy too because, like, when they actually count the the 
frequency of words in a big, like in like a book, right? And, and most, most books will like the first, I don't know if it's 20 or 50 or whatever, hundred, hundred words by frequency. Like obviously the, the is the first most common. Um, and then it's a bunch of, uh, you know, other like, like, uh, 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 prepositions or, um, I forget what's the other one. Um, like a, like conjunctions. Is that the word? I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's, it's like really short ones, obviously like kind of like filler words. Um, and so it's like the, the word the doesn't really have any meaning to it, but we use it a lot, right? Like how would you define the word the? I don't know. You know, preposition like, of a thing. <laughs> but why even bother at that point? It's like the, this, yeah. you know, the computer, it's just say uh, computer. But I guess it's, it's saying like, it's kind of specifying. It's like, um, you know, in code, when you say bar, like you declare a variable or let X equal this rather than just throwing an X. Um, you know, are you talking about computers in general? Or are you talking about a specific one somewhere? It, so it sort of, it adds this like specificity, but, um, Two, it's just also a quirk of language. I mean, you, if you learn a foreign language, you start to realize a lot of stuff's relative, right? Like we in English don't, um, you know, we don't really gender our uh, like our uh, our verbs as much or uh, our uh, what are they called pronouns? Um, you know, it's it's like it, versus like Spanish or something where where you have a lot more like conjugations, a lot more like tenses. Um, and each one means, means a slightly different thing, or, you know, you have like things like silent letters, um, in different languages and, or, or, you know, more, the more, uh, like in Spanish, it's how something spelt is correlates a little more to how it's written or how it sounds versus English where German too. Like, yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's strange. And then there's a lot of like history embedded in too. Like, like English has like the French, like the, the words for, animal meats tend to be of French origin, whereas the animals themselves are more, more like uh, Germanic or Saxon origin is because the French mm-hmm. came in and conquered. And so they were the ones eating the, the, the meats, uh, whereas the other ones were like raising the animals. Um, and so there's the French like, do like they're cooking. So <laughs> the French love their cooking. Right. So it's, um, so it's interesting, right? It's, it's not like language isn't just this, like, it's not, I think there's, yeah, there's a, there's pressure for it to be efficient in communicating information, but also it's, it's not like, it's not like intelligently designed necessarily, right? It's not like someone said, Hey, this is the best possible use of sounds. It's the most efficient. No, actually it's mostly the other way around. I would say it's done not for intelligent design. Like the keyboard is a prime example of that. You know, it was developed to make people type slowly. (laughs) (laughs) uh like the layout so hmm interesting have you heard yeah, that too, there's i i uh actually didn't know that i know we adopted like the most not necessarily the most efficient one but i thought it was because yeah just, uh, no 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 so if you're on a typewriter right that's where the keyboard came from oh, uh you had swinging arms right that would hit a piece of paper and you had to space them out right so the letters are spaced in a way where you would hopefully not hit two ones that are close to each other (laughs) so that the arms can swing and hit the paper without hitting each other. Yeah. uh, Thus slowing you down basically. Yeah. 
crazy. And it's like, think if you think about how many like millions or billions of dollars that costs now, probably per year in productivity. Oh, yeah. And it had to have been done that way. Otherwise, like you would have lost productivity then. So yeah, now everything's just kind of grandfathered in. Yep. Yeah, it's weird, right? Um, I mean, you can you can alter your keyboard right in the settings for it, but uh, that's a, like a very personal. No one ever does. Like, yeah, oh, I think some interesting. Your probably does. Like, you probably maybe find I it. should do that. Maybe I should buy a better keyboard, or just get one that like the, the keys can be kind of light ready. up, or I can reprogram I, it. I can have it like standard programmed, and then I can switch it like LED <laughs> letters. Ooh. Well, I, I think you can reprogram most of them. Like it's a setting. Like you can say, yeah, but I want to look at the key and see the see the letter. Yeah, and then you but then you just get a keyboard that um, I think mine. I could probably swap out keys. Like if I could figure out. How yeah, to... I don't want to even swap it out. I just want to hit a button and have it light up standard keyboard. Oh, like... and then hit another button and have it light up with the most whatever version I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just want to hit a button and have the R and the D switch, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe keywords won't really won't really matter. Maybe it'll all be like text to speech. Um It's not as fast as as typing, you think? It's not, yeah. You really think like talking isn't as fast as typing? Depends on who's talking. Depends on who's typing. maybe i'm curious what the average is yeah well it's weird i mean well yeah but it's like it's like things things become obsolete in weird unexpected ways right like the keyboard thing you know people weren't looking ahead past typewriters but uh you know and and like even if they had and they probably wouldn't have changed the like well they're like well we have to do it this way because otherwise everything's gonna get jammed well, and then everyone already knows the typewriter, right? Yeah. So it's like, why are all the keys messed up? <laughs> oh, sorry. We'll put them back. You know, uh, typists would move from that to the keyboard. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, I, and again, going back, I guess, to the book, right? Like the history part of, of information is, is also super interesting. Um, and he's got some other really good books too. The uh, ones uh, way I think one of his first ones was called chaos. It's all about chaos theory. And, um, you know, it's, it's, and I, I tweeted him. I think he's just a really brilliant author. Um, he, yeah. So, and I think what was the, you said there was a new one that just came out or is coming out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What's his name? James Gleek. Yeah. So, I mean, Definitely worth a read. Um, if, uh, if you're still listening, I think he's, uh, yeah, like I said, great author. Um, and I too, like, I think what actually turned, like how I originally found out about him was through, um, through YouTube videos. Um, so it was through, I think Veritasium, maybe minute physics where they, they kind of went into, or maybe Vsauce. They, they talked about randomness and information and, uh, you know, sort of like bit rates and, and a lot of different examples about it. And, and it was inspired originally from, from that book. Um, so yeah, say check it out. Looks like his most recent book is called uh, time travel, a history in 2016. So he's due for a new one. Yeah, hopefully.
He's very. He's he's also very active politically. Time travel history. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did a talk at Google, actually, in 2017. It's on YouTube. There you go. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. You just get you can get so much content these days. It's like really high quality content. It's but there's just also so much junk out there. <laughs> it's, it's an abundance. Yeah. It's like junk food. It's like junk food, but also like a ton of amazing food. Oh so, yeah, just better. More, more power. And that goes back, to, I think, to intention, right? Like how you want to use the, the technology. We talked about this, I think, but um, like, are we using are we using our time and to make podcasts and research interesting ideas and share them? Like, you know, it's an audio book, right? That you listen on your phone, like that I was able to kind of like send to you, you know, immediately rather than over, you know, the mail or, or whatever. Um, and then you know, videos that kind of inspire me to talk about it. So it's like everything is just kind of feeding back into itself at an, ex- an accelerated rate. Now you're going to gift, you said you were going to gift it to like five of your coworkers. I'm giving it to all my coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's just like this, this one book is like the ideas within it are spreading like exponentially. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if anyone reads it. Some of them are like, uh, interns and <laughs> they're in college I'm going to send them this dense book about information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, what's the, <laughs> what's the, uh, the saying, like, don't, don't throw, don't cast pearls on swine or something. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, not I to call your intern swine. Swine. <laughs> swine. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You can't share this with them. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they get a laugh out of it. Cool, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with this podcast. I think this is, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, another good one. Another great one. Another great one for the books. So, All yeah. Right. I, I guess we'll, we'll uh, end it there. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for joining. This is great. Stay tuned. I think we're shooting for a weekly, weekly, weekly upload schedule. Check your um, calendars. <laughs> check your calendars we'll, we'll try to get some more tomorrow people on this podcast um you know obviously it takes a little more coordination when it's more than two people no excuses but, uh, we'll see you next week all right no excuses we'll see you next week <laughs> bye <laughs> end it bye <laughs>